Reel on Reels, episode 19. Reel on Reels at the theater. They shall not grow old. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Reel on Reels. We are doing uh, Reel on Reels at the theater. Yeah. Even though we're not at the theater. Yeah. Because uh, we saw this movie recently at the theater together. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was even a, a special Fathom event showing. Right. Because... Um, and the fact that we went to a movie together is a special event because we usually don't we do not do that do it that often. Yeah. You would think maybe guys who record a film podcast would do that yeah. more often. <laughs> but I mean, usually we watch movies together here mm-hmm. at the studio. At the studio. Or... Um, real on Real Studios. Yeah. Uh, or at my place. So, I mean... I guess it's not that weird, but because a lot of our movies aren't really usually ones that are showing in the theaters at the moment. In an age of digital media, yeah, it's so much available. There are yeah. fingertips. It's almost, uh, but you know, that's why ticket prices are going up. Correct. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, this is, uh, we, we were talking about They Shall Not Grow Old today. $12. <laughs> yeah. Was it, wasn't it 12 <laughs> I think it was, For this yeah. ticket? Yeah. Yeah, these Fathom events, um... These people can... Yeah, they do the weird stuff like opera and... Hey, Fathom Events, bite me. Plays. Every time they have a va- <laughs> Fathom event, it's always that much. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, depending on where people are listening to this from, that uh, that might not even be an unusual ticket price. That's true. But here in the old uh, hokey Midwest, <laughs> um, it's not that unusual. Or, I mean, it's, uh, it's not unusual for IMAX or 3D right, showings. Right, uh, Or non-IMAX or non 3D IMAX. 3D IMAX, forget about it. I mean, that's like Yeah. I remember being shocked when I the first time I played paid for an IMAX 3D ticket cuz I think it was like 14 or something like right. that. But I mean, it's cool that we live near an actual IMAX theater. Oh, yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's very nice. Very convenient. Yeah. So, um it wouldn't be an episode of real on reels if we didn't get completely off yeah. off track. But yeah, we uh we saw this uh, late late January, something like that, mm-hmm. and um, they had a one it, night showing. Yeah, it's been it's very limited release. Um, I think it initially came out in like October of last year, and um, just to very limited audiences and critics and things. And um, it's uh, that makes sense because it's a documentary, mm-hmm. and it's not like a, a World hot, War One documentary. Yeah, it's not yeah. like on a hot button topic. It's not like a Michael Moore documentary. Right. So it's not really the kind of thing that's going to appeal to wide audiences. It's just, yeah. unfortunately that's just the way it is. And it but is in, it was made in remembrance. I was going to say celebration, but it doesn't really yeah. fit <laughs> in remembrance of the, you know, hundred hundredth anniversary of world war one, which is pretty crazy of the ending of world war one. Yeah. November of, um, of 18, 1918. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Direct, the uh, director and producer of this film was Peter Jackson of, mm-hmm. of course, Lord of the Rings fame. Right. And Big World War One buff. Yeah, yeah. It turns out he has authentic World War One artillery in his collection and uniforms and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And there was a... Um, the reason why we know this is because at yeah. the end, at the beginning of the film, Peter Jackson was like, hello, um, if you want to stick around, I'll show you a quick 30 minute documentary that is not a new zealand accent um, <laughs> it's not even close and 
I was like, oh yeah, okay. I was asked Jeremy if he wants to stay. Jeremiah if he wants to stay. He's like, yeah, okay. And I was like, cool. And Peter Jackson like, yeah, blimey. And um, so we stuck around, and yeah, it was pretty cool seeing he, all the stuff that he had. He didn't say blimey. He. What did he say when we said something to him? What? <laughs> I don't know. Nope. But anyway. Um, yeah, so we get to see like a lot of the research items that they use, uh, like the clothing that they used mm-hmm. for colorization. Because the kind of dro- uh, the innovation that this documentary brings is a colorization and uh, remastering of silent film footage, you know, that were that was basically filmed on battlefields with hand cranked cameras. Yeah, and they were dealing with all sorts of different speeds, like. Sh- uh, frame rates or whatever uh i I think yeah frame rates is it frame rate okay yeah Yeah, because they they've all of the different depending on how fast you cranked right the camera (laughs) determined how fast the frame rate was moving and how jittery the film was i mean we're talking like 10 they said i think it was like 10 to 16 frames a second we're talking about that was about the average i think there was an even bigger range than that but yeah it wasn't that big it was yeah i mean they might have i don't know if it went sub 10 but because um, I know that like modern films generally are shot, I think they're it's it's gone up, but I think it's the tradition. Tradition, tr- yeah, yeah. Tr- the traditional <laughs> uh, frame rates is twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah, frames a second, and then I was getting to it. Peter Jackson <laughs> likes to tinker with sixty frames per second, which yeah. <sighs> uh, I don't know. It just looks so weird to me. Um, in films, I think in documentaries it works, but in films. Um, I don't know. It just yeah. looks too. It looks too real. It, it's it's kind of like that uncanny valley thing, right? But it it's it's kind of different than that because uncanny mm. valley is more. Um, it's like it, it disturbs you. Because, it disturbs you because yeah. it's something's unreal about it. Right. But something disturbs me in films because it's there's something too real about it. When in, because of the more frame rate you get, the more realistic the movements look because it's closer to what we would see right. it looks too much person. like something that's live and it ju- it does kind of it does feel weird yeah in games it looks amazing video mm-hmm. games um in documentaries it looks great youtube videos looks great um but in films it just i don't know something always rubs me the wrong way with 60 frames a second in a film yeah um but they didn't uh, they didn't get up to that high of a rate with this film but they did have oh, to yeah. <laughs> but, yeah but they did fill in the those frame rates to what did they fill it into 60 frames a second did they do that no 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 i think they just tried to get it to 24 okay yeah they did some kind of i think they came up with some kind of algorithm yeah to reconstruct this film and make it a steady frame rate a watchable frame rate i'm really glad they did that little half hour documentary at the end because uh, the movie is about an hour and a half so it's still only like a two hour um session and uh it's um it's it's just as interesting to talk about how they did this as it is to talk about the actual experience of the of the film, but um, yeah. So Peter Jackson, uh, I, he spent I think it was a couple years on this thing at least, or mm-hmm. something something like you know, two or three years or something. Yeah. Um, just basically in the editing room, and, and he was asked to by a museum, right? Yeah, the Imperial War Museum in yeah. the UK asked him to do this as a commemorative thing for the the centennial. Mm-hmm. you know anniversary of the of the end of the war of the the quote unquote great war right and um 
he they told him they wanted him to do something i think a unique and original was the phrase and he had he basically said i have no he, he had no idea how to do that right <laughs> um but he just started looking at all of this uh this footage they had six thousand or they had a thousand hours of of camera footage and six thousand hours of interviews of vet with veterans that they did like in the 60s yeah so these guys were you know old old timers by that point but um obviously we didn't hear all six thousand hours Right, right. So he, but yeah, but they had to sift through, you know, a thousand hours of footage into 6,000 right. hours of interviews. Yeah. And, um, so that in itself, you know, must've been a daunting task. Yeah. And, and they remastered a ton of footage that didn't even get used in the movie. Right, right. Cause and, a lot of this footage was not only the frame rate was messed up. Um, the frame rate will really give it a, uh, it's what kind of gives silent film that jittery stuttering look. Mm-hmm. Um, but this stuff looks really stuttering and really bad. And it's also degrades over time film mm-hmm. back then was made out of stuff yeah. that deteriorated really quickly mm-hmm. so they had to just completely remaster film they showed some comparisons of before and afters in that documentary that i just could not believe the the um you couldn't some of them you couldn't even see what they were they were showing it was almost black yeah there was a, a there's a um a shot of some women working in a factory yeah you know doing um just m- making shells or something i don't know for the war and uh it's um it, it's so dark they show you in the documentary they show you the the original footage and it's so dark that you mm. can't even really see what's happening and then they they brighten it up yeah it like they're they to show you yeah to show you the the contrast and it's like it, it's stunning right how much better it looks and it, it, the funny part was he with peter jackson was like Oh yeah, that's kind of standard, you know. Just add some more light to it. We're just like, well, that was like that was stunning. How is that such a simple, right? You know, fix. But, um, but yeah, they they were able to make it look almost like a contemporary film. I mean, it really is. Yeah. You know, we're like already gushing out about it. We're not even giving our ratings yet. But um, you know, this is kind of a film geek's dream, like being able to kind of dig sink your teeth into something like this, where yeah. you're seeing how they're able to take this just smattering of old deteriorated footage and make it look like a contemporary film. I mean, it's pretty crazy the way that they were able to take all of the, uh, the textures and just turn it into like the actual, what the actual colors of the, he went and Peter Jackson went and took pictures of the terrain that he was the grass of (laughs) Belgium. Um, Right. And Belgium was one of the main areas where a lot of the footage was taken. Um, yeah, this was just an insane amount of work and a huge passion project. I mean, this was just epic in, and it's just, it's production. Yeah. Just a real, cause his goal was to literally what the title says, they shall not grow old to give these people that might've been forgotten because of just the quality of the footage that people kind of right off i think when they see it right they see that kind of footage and they don't really connect with it right but the closer he can bring it to current times i think the more credence people might give these things and realize it really wasn't that much wasn't that far away yeah it makes 100 years isn't really that long it does make it and i didn't even i didn't even think about that before like with all, all that i've thought about this movie um that it really does kind of rescue it from the sands of time like it's it's yeah bringing it back into the future almost right. um which i, I want there's a review later 
um, written by somebody that kind of like the only guy I could find that wrote a bad review of this movie. Um, and he kind of talks, he touches on that. So I want to talk about that a little later. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be doing a little bit of yeah. review analysis in this episode. I was going to give a little bit more of an intro. We kind of just got carried away here, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, we were so excited to even do this episode because yeah. it's just, it's such a, um, just I, such an accomplishment, this movie. Yeah, I don't use the word unique very often because it yeah. gets thrown around a lot. Um, and it usually, when somebody says something is, is unique, it's not actually unique. Right. <laughs> but it's, this it, movie is actually unique. Right. And it's unique in kind of its direction and editing. There's really kind of like no real... There's no narrator in this film. So like we said, they comb through these 6,000 hours of audio footage or audio of um, veteran World War One veteran interviews and they spliced them together and they kind of they listened to everything and they just formed a story. Yeah, they they had no like, like we said, Peter Jackson didn't really know what he was going to do with this stuff before right. he started going through it. And they wrote this in the editing room. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was really kind of this is probably one of those rare like really deep collaborations between a director and a writer where they're both kind of or I'm sorry a director and an editor right uh, where they're both like very involved and it's kind of their project yeah the editor was Yabez Olson or Jabez yeah. Olson not a really well-known guy I don't think but yeah so they, they found all this footage and you kind of get this story of and it's not real it's a World War One documentary but it's not really about the scope of World War One you don't we're looking at it through kind of a, a really zoomed in lens we're looking at it in england right in um belgium mm -hmm. and we, we see kind of the start of the war what england was like um what uh what the attitude was like when the in, war started in the lead up yeah right and that that that's like my that's my only gripe really with the film mm -hmm. is that it kind of gets uh, too takes too long to get going. I think because we, it takes a while before it really starts getting into not only the colorized and remastered stuff, but just the war in general. Yeah, a lot of its pre-war sentiments and you know, kind of kind of giving you a snapshot, a, sn a snapshot, a snapshot of <laughs> uh, what um, England was like before. You know this historic event broke out. Yeah, and and like Rob was saying, it it, it really does uh, avoid getting into the geopolitics of it all, and right, yeah. just the the historical, um, just fact. Uh, what's what am I looking for here? Um, it's not it's not just like a pedagogical movie like a, something you might find on like a history channel where it's just yeah. like it's more it's a, it's a depiction it's a realistic depiction of war yeah it's not like just oh this is what happened and these are this is these are the causes and blah 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 it doesn't get into the academic stuff yeah kind of it, it really it's almost the opposite of like an yeah. academic film because what he's doing is he's going through these interviews of these veterans just talking about their everyday experience just how they felt leading up to the war yeah, um, how they, i would actually be interested to see the interview questions that were asked right just to kind of get an idea of like i don't know just how they drew this this information out of them because they get really personal they get really they get into some gritty detail i mean yeah. it's like i mean and i want to emphasize that that this really is 
you know, a film where, where he, as he was listening through these interviews, he thought, you know, this just needs to be, um, the, just like he even uses the word generic. Like he wanted it to be a gene- the generic soldier's experience, like right, the, their, yeah. their experience from like seeing like the prop war propaganda and stuff and getting excited about it and wanting and, to fight for their country. Yeah. And thinking that this was like a glorious thing right. for them to go into battle. And then through like the basic training and all of that and then the actual battles and realizing them realizing how horrific and just grim war really is like i I think some of them i think some of the point was made like that yeah a lot of these guys did think there was glory in what they were doing and there certainly was they were doing a heroic thing but it was very horrific (laughs) i mean this was one of those horrific wars yeah, and one of the Ever guys, thought. it might have been, I don't know if it was the very last segment, one of the one of the very later interview segments is one of the guys saying something like, you know, war should be an absolute last resort. And you could really hear, yeah. like, the conviction in his voice, like, this mm. is, um, you know, if, like, just, you don't know what this is like, basically. Right, like, you yeah. could kind of hear that in his voice. Like, you don't know what it really is like. Yeah. You can have an idea, but nobody... Unless you've been there, no right. way, no way could you and I know what. <laughs> and it does spend that, the, the film does spend a lot of time, um, just um, on on their descriptions of like the everyday, like just you know the like the filth they lived in, and just right. like you know the frostbite, and they, so they're living some, in trenches. Yeah, there's some really there's some really grim images of like you yeah. know feet that you know were gangrenous and right. Um, and I want to go back to your earlier point a little bit uh, where you're talking about how they don't really, he doesn't really give it like a global, he doesn't, it's not a geopolitical right. film. He does make the point in the documentary where he didn't even want to show the bad guys as the bad guys. I you know what I mean? I really respected that decision and, yeah. and, and the way that he explained that. Right. Just It just clicked with me perfectly. Like, yeah, I wouldn't. Because just to go more detail, that the way that they depicted, the way that he depicts visually some of the battle battles that are being yeah. described in detail by the these interviewees, which by the way I counted at the end during the credits, they were showing oh, yeah. five interviewees at a time. Yeah, they, they credited every single interviewee, every veteran that um, they uh, used their voice mm-hmm. and put in that those credits. Yeah, and it was five at a time on each slide, giving you plenty of time to read them and who they're. What what like branch of the military they military they were affiliated with whatever, and um, I actually counted them as they were going through because I want to know how yeah. many and there were like 120. Yeah, it was crazy. 120 different people. Yeah, and what what strikes me about that is how how I don't want to say seamlessly because there's I don't know maybe seamlessly is the right word how like they um, just flow into each other. Yeah, because well, old British guys. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough, but I mean they kind of blend in at some point. Yeah, but they um and part I'm sure also part of that is just the the skill of of picking out the right ones that and you know, put, putting them in the right order to just be like, yeah, this is this was they all experienced this in a similar way. You know, they right. they had themes that they were going that they mm-hmm. progressed through throughout the film. Right. right like right. there was a whole bunch of clips about you know the basic training and how, what that experience was like and these guys all had this these similar experiences and they ju- it just f- the way that each each little clip flows into the next right is is really well done but anyway um we were getting oh so when they when they're depicting the actual battles 
um, the, what they had to rely on were, cause they didn't have, uh, you know, it was too dangerous for the cameramen to get, you know, actually in there. Um, so they had, he had this almost a complete collection of these magazines. Um, and I don't remember exactly what they were called, but there are these magazines that were being put out like actually during the war and they were, de- they depicted the battles and right. Yeah. And so yeah, they, they spliced together during the kind of battle descriptions. They spliced together these kind of, they're almost propaganda cartoons that right. were in this magazine and Peter Jackson thought he only had a couple that they could mm-hmm. use because he was trying, they were racking their brains trying to figure out w- what they could fill these video gaps with because they had all this vocals, all these, all these voices and this story, but they had, didn't really have anything to film it with, or, you know, uh, fill it with. So he goes to look at his collection and he would just re- he realizes he has almost every single one of Mm-hmm. Issue, of the issues of these magazines <laughs> and one of the issues was that they were the german soldiers were depicted as being very cowardly and right um kind of shrinking away from you know the and and the british soldiers were depicted as being dashing and all of that and right. aggressive and um so you know they used he used that footage or that the those images to to in a very appropriate way to describe right. like what was happening because mm-hmm. these in these interviews these people are talking about like how you know they did kind of get caught up in this frenzy like it's like you just murdered my friend you know what i mean like right. this whole thing and they were going in there and they were brutal mm-hmm. um but but they he purposely avoided showing a lot of images of of the germans in those comics because he didn't want it to be he didn't want it to, to want to turn it into this whole like you know the the british are the good guys germans are the bad guys kind right, of thing right. he wanted to this to represent yeah you know the soldiers which, experience right and they're which, all human beings which i think is because exactly it, yeah it's exactly because it's the soldiers experience right because you know they even talk about how these prisoners of war right these german prisoners of war that the british would take they would become friends with them right and they would laugh with them and kind of and talk joke about their with kids them. yeah so yeah. um they're just kind of in the this this together a little bit how right how weird that sounds like they're kind of being used as pawns in these you know huge wars and i'm not sure what percentage of the british forces were draftees but i think a lot of the germans were draftees and um right. i think they even briefly touch on that and so that that's a relevant fact too mm-hmm. um but yeah they um it really does and the way that the footage is used is uh and, and like we said you know that it's a technical marvel but also the artistry of it um comes through because he's able to construct a narrative right from this material that ha- that does have uh, there's no plot per se obviously but mm. it does have um, a logical narrative it does yeah, go yeah, yeah. it does have a logical beginning and mm-hmm. end and it does have it does hit the right emotional beats right um at the right times and it does you know and there's co- there's comedy in there i mean there's like images of these guys sitting on these poles that they were using because they would have they basically had a pole over a pit to use as their toilet oh yeah 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 <laughs> they had to hang their ass over a, a, a log basically and that's where they would they would just yeah in the pit they would that's where they would go so yeah, like fifteen naked man butts all on a on a log. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty funny. And then yeah, the the cartoon depicted this instance where the log snapped and all the men fell into the uh, the mess at the bottom of the pit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there was some kind of like relief, but it was and, kind of sandwiched between horrific yeah images of war. Um, because like they, 
And they found creative ways of making tea. Oh, yeah. Always, <laughs> like, they, whenever an artillery shell would go off, they would use the heat from the cannon or whatever to heat some tea and, like, well, the, steam the, engines. And the water that cooled the the uh, the machine guns. Oh, was yeah, yeah, that's right. right. For, for, that was one of the ways that they made tea. Yeah, they they had different ways of doing it. But. Um, yeah, they... They just did a an outstanding job really piecing this together and um that's not to say that I think I want to talk a little bit more about the colorization sure um though I mean I think we we kind of discussed our spoke our piece on directing and editing so um what do you I I gave them both 10s Oh yeah I did too Okay yeah <laughs> um this is just uh yeah they did a, such a good job making this uh, kind of a cinematic experience almost for a world war one documentary yeah and and there's even we didn't have cinematography as a category but there is some um kind of like what what did i put down here retroactive cinematography is what i would call it because right but yeah that's i mean i'd say that that's going to fit into post production and effects right right right. sure but they they had they used this technique where they would take they would take an uh a shot and they would actually uh zoom in to a certain place and then they would move the camera like uh in quotes not really moving the camera but yeah they would pan they would, yeah, they, they would pan the editing room yeah yeah they would pan across the frame yeah to make it look like you know this was being filmed like in a, in a contemporary way right and so it, that that was a brilliant technique and they were even able to do, they wouldn't have been able to do that if they hadn't remastered the footage right because it's so it would have been so the resolution would have been so low even though it's film, it would just look bad. But they, through post-production and effects, the way they colorize this, they made silent film footage high definition with color, with sound, which we didn't really talk about. Oh, yeah, we can get into um, that, too. I, I do want to talk about the sound, because I think the sound is just as amazing to me as the colorization. Mm-hmm. But the colorization isn't without its flaws, I think that there's some points where it's pretty psychedelic, almost reminiscent of especially uh, the background that yeah. one uh, Linklater movie we watched, Waking Life. Yeah, Waking Life. Yeah, <laughs> where like kind of the eyes and facial features are all kind of like shifting around. Um, but I mean, what they're doing, it's forgivable because it's what they're doing is just so insane yeah, and, and it, so and it's, impressive it's kind of cool actually it, it, it looked really good it was very psychedelic yeah um, i liked it a lot um but i could easily see that being like played with some pink floyd um yeah. but uh oh the wall the wall yeah would fit this movie pretty yeah. well <laughs> i want to sync those up yeah um but anyway yeah, what they did with that was amazing, and what they did with the restoration of the frame rate was amazing. But the sound, they got forensic lip readers to figure out what these people were saying in these clips. They got voice actors to then vocalize these people, to Not give only these that, people's voices once again. They researched the individuals in the shots as much as they could to get to find actors who had the appropriate accent for the person in the shot. Right, right different dialects that, that's yeah. mind-boggling yeah <laughs> and they did the same for like songs they there was a a scene where they showed the leader of a a regiment reading a slip of paper and we're watching it and i'm thinking to myself 
this they're lining these things up really nicely i bet they found that piece of paper and during the documentary the, yep. at the end there was like we researched the regiment we found the day that you know the war ended for them and we found this slip of paper and we started reading it and we i peter jackson actually recorded it and tried to match it himself and it started matching up perfectly and he's like i think we found it they found the exact piece of paper yep it was just amazing the investigative work that went into this not yeah. just the technology and um, everything that they did um, in the remaster, but just the sheer work that went into this is just staggering. <laughs> yeah, um, it is a lot like watching the Lord of the Rings uh, special features, you know, yeah. on those DVDs. Because it, I had I, there were times watching that where I was just like, okay, you're telling me a couple of guys sat at a table for a couple of months. Or like a few right. months cutting out these little pieces of PVC so they could make something that looked like real chainmail. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just like, that's insane. Um, but yeah, there's stuff like that yeah, for yeah. for these movies too, or for this movie too. And speaking of Lord of the Rings, I I mentioned to you after we saw it that I was really surprised that Peter Jackson didn't mention J.R.R. Tolkien at all. Yeah, in the yeah. documentary, because being Tolkien, that he was a World War One veteran. Yeah, Tolkien Tolkien had the idea for the Hobbit down in the trenches, and for, arguably well, the whole Middle Earth. Mythology. Yeah. yeah, and arguably he's as obsessed with World War One as he is with Lord of the Rings. But maybe it was a conscious decision that he didn't want to, because he's known for as the Lord of the Rings guy, maybe yeah. he didn't just want to inject that because it didn't really fit with what the narrative he was going with. But I w- was really surprised because like, they did like thank some veterans at the end that were close to them, like grandfathers. Mm, and yeah. I was surprised they didn't thank him. Uh, I, was just, I was kind of expecting it. But. Yeah. Yeah, I was too. Um, but yeah, so... But yeah, the sound, they recreated some music. They had some... Uh, this, these people called Plan 9 recreate some songs of the era. Um, that... Because like, there's some footage of people playing instruments. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. They did have And they some recreated overdubs. the music, yeah. and it was just... It's, a, it's really awesome. Yeah, I forgot about that. They're, yeah. they're, just, like, they're just like sitting around playing. And it wasn't even like necessarily instruments. Like there were Yeah, people one was like... like flicking a bottle yeah he's playing a bottle like a guitar yeah yeah you hear like ting ting the bottle like yeah they did all the gaffing work that you would do in a regular movie they did it for this documentary on silent film footage and i thought that was just brilliant yeah that i wouldn't have even thought of that like that that's and and just all the 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 sound effects in general are really in fact um we mentioned that that peter jackson has a collection of world war one uh like artillery and stuff like that. Yeah. And they used, um, they actually used that or they actually for the sound effects, they used it for some, I think it was for the colorization, but for the sound effects they had, they, they went to like a, a world war one reenactment. Uh, no, they went to no, a, a military base, right? A military base. And they used modern cannons cause they're right. very similar. They use the same, um, jeez. Uh, Shell size. Shell, yeah. The, I can't, oh my God. Yeah. So they recorded these, uh, ex- like explosive sounds. Caliber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think Caliber. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I play Rainbow Six Siege. I should know these things, but I don't. Um, Anyway, yeah, they... um, The reason why I laughed when you mentioned the cannons thing was because when uh, he was talking about (laughs) the cannons, he's like, and I have a World War I cannon, blimey, and... uh, As you do. As you do, (laughs) and... (laughs) This is a lyric. Yes. 
Uh, and apparently the colors of the uniforms um, were based on the, the the ones that he had just in his closet. Like he yeah, had yeah. World War One uniforms. And apparently it was really difficult to um, actually imitate those colors. Yeah. Those specific colors, like the weird like grays and greens. and mm, Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just uh, so much thought went into the, the authenticity of it. And, um, you know, as far as we're still kind of... Um, we haven't quite got we're still we're kind of mixing things up here but i, I just want to comment on how with with the overall narrative I, a really a key part of it we should probably give our scores for effects real quick oh sure yeah, um, yeah. 9.8 for me i did dock at a few points just a few decimals for uh the waviness and psychedelia mm. of some of the okay. things but um i didn't think it was that big of a deal so i didn't really knock off that much yeah i went ahead and gave it a 10 just because I'm um, astonished that they did all that color Because he's, I mean, he even mentioned in the movie, in the documentary, how it takes a really long time to get it look that, to get it to look that good. Right, yeah. And it's. Um, oh, I don't want to degrade. They, right. De- like, de- um, you know, debase anything that they, any work right. they did, they, that they did. Sure. I know that it's the nature of the beast. You know, they're using extremely powerful computers to process this stuff and you know um the way the footage is stitched together for the frame rates it's just gonna it's just yeah yeah uh, it's gonna happen <laughs> right right you know yeah and you know they use similar kinds of techniques like for um to depict like Gollum and like some some uh like cg characters like that like where they like paint the film mm. um but this was just like that over the course of like almost a whole movie right um but uh so yeah, I went ahead and gave it a ten. And uh, did you? Do you have a? Do you want to give a score for music? Oh yeah, since we did talk about that, uh, nine yeah. for me. I gave it a nine too. Yeah. yeah, I thought the score was good. I I would have given it a ten if there had been more of like a memorable theme in there. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I you know there there was so much other work that went into it. I don't I, I don't know if they just thought. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, but that's one thing that would have that would have made it, you know, really a perfect 10 for me is if yeah, I could, yeah. cause the, the, the song, like the, the sort of like chants or like army songs, I guess you could call them mm-hmm. that were, that are in the movie are well done, especially the one at the yeah. end credits. Um, there's sort of like these like body, like bar tune. Kind right. of um, but the actual score, um, and it w- the score was well done, but it didn't have, like I said, it didn't really have like a memorable mm. motif. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and you wanted to talk about something about the narrative? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So one of the things we've got a little bit into like how kind of graphic some of the the footage is. Yeah. Um, One of the most impactful things about it was and this was like one of those moments, rare moments when you're watching a movie where where something really just like kind of hits you like a ton of bricks. And it was that segment where um it's like right after it's kind of like they're winding down the action of like the battle Mm. sequence and they're showing images of of some of the soldiers like close-ups yeah yeah and they they'll show like an image of a soldier and in some cases i think it might have even been they might have even lined it up with the actual uh interviews or well excuse me i'm getting ahead of myself they they i think they did line up some of the interviews with the actual people on screen but um in this segment they would have like a picture of a soldier and then they would show an image of where he died like his actual body yeah, on yeah. the battlefield mm-hmm. 
you know, with... I think they said in the documentary afterwards that they didn't really... They weren't really the same people. They just kind of look similar. Okay, yeah. Um, I wasn't 100% sure about that. Because some of those, I mean, it really did... I was like, yeah, that's definitely that guy. They might have done it for some of them, but not all of them, because they did mention that. Um, Okay. But yeah, that was a really strong um, edit, really strong decision. Um, Yeah, because, I mean, it's intended to make you... For you to to connect that image with that... Yeah. You know, that dead body on the battlefield, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're gory images. I mean, it's... Um, you know, and I've never seen any of those World War One. I mean, I don't go looking around for World, right. World, World uh, War Gore images, but um, yeah, I didn't even know they had images like that of World War One. That, I didn't that either. Surpri- that was surprising to me. There was a lot of a lot about the movie that was, that surprised me. Um, and you know, I I know a little bit about it. Like I said, geopolitically, you know, um, but this movie filled in a lot of the stuff that. I wouldn't have known unless I had done a whole bunch of research right. on like, you know, looking up interview or, you know, diary, diary entries or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of what this movie feels like is a long diary entry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I, I wasn't going to say anything. Okay. <laughs> but I guess I will since this is a podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, this film, uh, is definitely a must see. Even if you're not into World War One, like I'm not really into World War One. That I mean, I like I, I think it's very interesting. Sure. And um, but I I saw this mainly because of Peter Jackson, and because of what he was attempting to do. Yeah. With the footage, um, and I think he hit the nail on the head. He did. He accomplished exactly what he was set out to do, and it's. A great work of art. Very much agreed. Yeah. So, um, what is uh, your real factor, sir? Uh, so my real factor. And that being said, for me, that was a ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. My real factor is a ten. Um, it really is. Like I said, it 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 fills in a gap. I think that I didn't even know was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and it makes me, it made me more curious too. And that's something that that's kind of a rare treat. You know, I don't, yeah, I yeah. don't often watch a movie and like get curious about like some real stuff, you know, like for example, at the end of this movie, um, they're talking about how a lot of companies, I, I didn't know anything about this and I'm kind of like, kind of surprised that I didn't, um, they, a lot of companies didn't want to hire veterans. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of these guys were coming back. And it kind of reminded me, it was like, it was kind of eerie, the comparison between like that and like the Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I had no the, idea about that either. Vietnam, yeah, yeah, because there's this whole like. Not Vietnam, but, you know. Right, because after Vietnam, you know, they're, the way that the tr- soldiers were treated mm-hmm. on, upon their return was um, was kind of similar there's stories about you know them being you know spit on and that kind of thing and and um because of it it was you know it was such a there was this whole which i mean i sympathize with the the anti-war movement but you know what i mean like i imagine seeing somebody that fought for their (laughs) life yeah for their country risked their lives and then spitting really just imagine the mindset you have to be in to do that to somebody yeah just deplorable behavior God. No matter your feelings about it, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, and I'm very much anti-war, but well, you're not anti-soldier, right? That's yeah. 
Um, but yeah, the, the whole, so yeah, that was one thing that, that was something that surprised me. You know, they were talking yeah. about how they had difficulty, mm-hmm. you know, finding, finding jobs and, and the, they didn't have the kind of like heroes welcome, I guess that they would have yeah. expected. And, and that, yeah, that just, that made me wonder about things and then kind of question things that, um, you know, I guess I just kind of assumed like, you know, I don't yeah, know. Right. Um, so it was interesting. It makes me want to look more into it more yeah. about like why that happened. Yeah. And at the, in that documentary at the end, he, he talks about how they didn't even go into the first airborne division in a military, which was in world war one. It's the first time they use airplanes in combat. Oh yeah. And I'd yeah. love to see a documentary on that because that's so interesting. That would be interesting. Um, yeah. Just the first time that, cause that's a huge technological advancement in right. war. <laughs> that's huge. And not, I mean, the artillery obviously was something big in this war too. Um, the artillery kind of really defined the horrificness right. of everything and how the war was fought. Speaking of which, they they there's a few images in there of um, artillery exploding and creating those craters. Yeah, is that was that actual footage that was colorized? It was because it kind of looks like it's CG, but yeah, okay, yeah. wow, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, they might have CG'd some of that dirt that flew, but mm, it might've yeah. just been them colorizing dirt mm-hmm. that actually flew at the camera. But yeah, uh, they had, it was just like huge, just mount, like just a mountain of dirt. Yeah. Plumes. They would, they would actually use the crater holes as cover Yeah, because they were so deep. They could, they could dive down into it yeah. and it would, um, they would, you know, hide behind the ledge of it while they're being shot at by machine guns or whatever. Um, but yeah, it really is. Um, and just some of the, I, I just keep want to keep going on about like the, the experience, like the, how the vividness of like the experience of the soldier that, that comes through in this movie, like, and that one of the, um, moments that sticks out of my mind too, is when they're, I don't remember what the location was, but I remember Peter Jackson saying he went to that specific location and took pictures of those specific trees. To, oh yeah. Um, but it was like right before they were going into a battle. And it, it was a battle where most of those men in that image yeah. died. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just kind of sitting there and just the different expressions on their face. And it's just, it's surreal because you're like, you're seeing them in this moment where like they, a lot of that, where they know they're probably going to die. Right. Um, and yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a, a unusual. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Experience. So this movie is a kind of a human experience that i think you have to see yeah yeah i think um yeah <laughs> there's a, it's a kind of at some point it's like hard to even put into words yeah the experience so well uh we can put it into numbers <laughs> um so my real score is 9.76 my score oh that's uh you did the thing again. Oh, that's that's the real score. <laughs> My bad. My individual score is nine point eight. Wait. <laughs> My individual score is nine point eight. I think yours was nine point seven six. I have to do my numbers again because hold on. I can do it real quick. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, yeah, mine was nine point seven six. Right. And then the real score was 9.78 right uh it is 
see, 9.76. We got to get these hundredth decimal points right. This is we're this. at 9.78. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So nine point. I, yeah, that was my issue. I didn't write down the actual real score. <laughs> I put the real score, the words real score next to my score. But yeah, 9.78 is the real score. Uh, what did IMDb give it? Uh, IMDb has got, um, I believe, let's see, an 8 point, uh, or eight, yeah, 8, eight point. 8.9 yeah oh no i'm sorry that's the that was the wrong movie <laughs> it's it's an 8.5 oh these um, people are crazy yeah and the meta score is 91 okay uh we got 99 for the uh critics on rotten tomato and rotten tomatoes and 92 for audiences okay and um what did all movie give it all movie gives it four and a half but there's no review up there yet um, okay they sometimes change the ratings i could maybe see them bring it up but gotcha there was a, a a rotten review i wanted to find the one guy yeah <laughs> that, yeah, yeah uh said that gave this a rotten review yeah, and i read through his review his name's uh jonathan ramsey or romney i'm sorry uh, uh at filmcomment.com and he kind of he he's impressed in general with kind of a lot of things that we talked about the um the narrative uh just the achievement of what they accomplished, but he did have some criticisms on kind of, I guess the morality of um, reviving this footage. And I'm not sure how I feel about it. I want to see what you think. Um, one of the quotes he says in this interview, uh, or I'm sorry, this review says, uh, but the uncomfortable feeling we get from watching Jackson's film is not only that the images themselves have been preserved, embalmed as it were to extend uh, the mummy metaphor that he uh, alluded to earlier in the, the article um, quote, but that so too have the people they represent watching the soldiers newly imbued with artificial life in this color colorized imagery. It's as we're, Oh, I think he had a typo. It's as if we're seeing not so much ghosts as the reanimated dead restored to lifelike motion by the infused infusion of virtual blood in their skins and veins digital image technology as a kind of ghoulish taxidermy yeah um i do get the metaphor or simile i guess whatever one of those literary terms yeah <laughs> i get what he's metaphor. going for there um and i might agree with that if i felt that there was even an ounce of bad taste right in here and oddly enough his first movie was called bad taste Peter <laughs> yeah. Jackson movie. anyway just a little aside um uh but no if i if i thought if i thought there was some kind of a morbid fascination here right then he, he does kind of get into that he thinks like it's kind of glorifying he says also earlier in the uh, review that um it presents life and death as a spectacle and I'm not sure I agree with that. Not not any more than any other movie yeah. <laughs> about life and death. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and what it does actually is because of the authenticity of it. Um, and I I think Peter Jackson is good at authenticity. I think that's sure. kind of a trademark of his, and that's part of why this movie is a, as good as it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people have problems with war films. They just think that it's glorifying the violence when and some of them it's not do. always. And some of them do. Yeah. Hacksaw Ridge, that Mel Gibson movie, mm. is the biggest piece of propaganda and just awful, like exaggerated warfare mm. I've ever seen. Um, but 
not all, every film is like that, and this cert- film is certainly not like that. This is a realistic depiction of war, and I don't think Peter Jackson takes any joy in the deaths of these people. Yeah, um, and he shows uh, nothing but reverence. Yeah, this this reviewer, um, I do think that he completely misses the aim of it, and I may part of it might be that maybe he didn't watch the making of documentary. I don't know. Maybe that, that might, yeah. I think that might help. But even there, even if you didn't watch it, like I just don't see how you could possibly watch this movie and not, and not recognize that it's just sympathetic right. to these people who went through a horrible experience. It's, it's, it's such yeah, yeah. a simple, you know, human film. Yeah. And he's not, and he's making that classic mistake where, people think that showing depicting violence and depicting gore is glorifying it and is um uh legitimizing it right in any way and it's just not and this movie is exactly the opposite right. of that so in a quentin tarantino movie maybe it's glorifying violence um but that this is a far cry you know in some cases um yeah i think that's probably fair criticism of some of his stuff yeah I, I love tarantino but yeah mm-hmm. that's I don't. Th- I don't. I still don't think it's a bad thing. <laughs> violence in movies is cool. <laughs> the violence in war is not, and that's the difference. This was not cool yeah. by any means. This was horrifying, and it was meant to be horrifying because that's just what war is. <laughs> right. And, and and you can make you can make a movie like you know Saving Private Ryan that is good at showing right realistically what what the battles were like and and putting you there and that's that's an achievement too but mm-hmm. when you're looking at actual human beings um moments before death i mean or even you know after their death i mean yeah. it, it's a totally different thing yeah i think he's off base with this yeah. jonathan if you'd like to if you're listening to this for some <laughs> by some crazy happenstance you're more than welcome to uh respond um if you'd like to send us an audio file, we'll cl- clip it and put it in and <laughs> discuss. And but you're not listening to this, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So and the real score is the only thing that matters. Right. So yeah, <laughs> whatever you say is just wrong. Yeah, and I did I did find um, some interesting user views on IMDb. Okay. Actually, um, there were some people complaining that uh, there has have been superior documentaries done before this one on world war one and oh. apparently there was some it was a french series called uh, apocalypse world war one that would be the american translation um, which actually has a higher rating on imdb it's like hmm. 8.9 but um the the theme that i'm kind of drawing out from these things um because that's that's what we like to do meta meta analysis right mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we we come in we're, we're known we're, for it we're the cleanup crew like we go in after everybody else after yeah. all the dust is settled and they are like this is the this is what's really happening yeah we're the Um, vultures right (laughs) pick the dead flesh of these reviews (laughs) exactly um no pun intended uh so oh god so uh let me let me let me just do read a little bit here um but yeah the i'm getting a a sense from the 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 negative i mean there's not that many negative reviews Mm. but um it's interesting to look at the themes and i think I'm getting a sense that people were expecting more information, like more about 
about the war. They were wanting a gl- more global overview of the war, I think. Yeah, yeah, something a little bit more academic because, and I think, frankly, they're used to seeing, and I, th- I think this World War One series, um, this Apocalypse World War One, was more of that kind of history. It was more of a traditional documentary. Right. And, um, you know, with a narration and giving you lots of facts and yeah. figures and stuff. But I think it's important. I I get that, and I get that it's different. But I think it's so important to have these soldiers but as that, a voice. Yeah, that was the whole point of this yeah. particular approach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Peter Jackson knows that there's, well, I assume he knows there's been, he's probably watched all these documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably you know, seen that documentary. Right, right. Um, he knows that that information is out there. He wanted to do something. That you and can't get he, anywhere else. He had a unique opportunity to, to do something yeah. that was different. Mm-hmm. And he could have he could have just put out another Ken Burns style documentary on World War One. Mm-hmm. And that would have been fine and I'm sure it would have been great, but it wouldn't have been as uh as just special as this and as must see watching as this movie is. Yeah. Um so we've got this guy. His his uh, his screen name is um, Angryville, <laughs> which mm. I love. <laughs> um, but uh, just a little little excerpt from this guy's review here on IMDb. Um, I wanted to read. Uh, I wouldn't. I would never say the film is lousy. I didn't. I didn't quote it. Quote. <laughs> I would never say that the film is lousy or don't go see it. Uh, by all means, especially if you're familiar with world, unfamiliar with World War One, it's something you should make a point to go and see. But if you're a student of history or regular researcher of history like me, oh God. you won't find any eye openers. So that's that's um, a good example of what I'm talking about here. And he's not the only one who has seems to have that kind of attitude. Yeah, he's looking at it through. He seems to be looking at it like you said, an academic. Right view and and when where clinical view almost when he says um, especially if you're unfamiliar with World War One that I don't even think that recommendation is relevant because like I don't think it has anything to do with your familiarity with it again yeah. that's the whole point of it is that if anything I guess you should probably be f- familiarize yourself a little bit with the war because it doesn't really get into why it started and the other if anything yeah you you in, should know something about yeah. it before you go into the movie yeah this is kind of you can go into it not knowing. I didn't know that much about it, you know. Right. I knew about Franz Ferdinand. I knew, you know. Right. But all the kind of, you know, the uh, um, the other powers at play. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's, like you said, it's not for that. It's not for telling us about what World War One was about. It's about for telling us what the soldiers' lives were like. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's, um like I said, it's a unique piece of work yeah so um do you have anything else you'd like to add actually i would like to since you gave me the opportunity rob so generously um i'd like to read a little um excerpt of a poem called for the fallen which is the poem by lawrence binion uh from which the title of this movie was taken all right and i think we should probably close with that so let's get the uh plugging out of the way all right um <laughs> you can okay twitter facebook real on reels real on reels official at gmail.com that's how you get a hold of us jeremiah take it away they shall not grow old as we that are left grow old age shall not weary them nor the years condemn at the going down of the sun and in the morning 
We will remember them. Lawrence Binion, September 1914. While the war was still raging, near the beginning, actually. All right. Well, thank you for reading that. And uh, next week, uh, we will be celebrating President's Day as much as one could or should celebrate President's Day um, (laughs) by watching a presidential film called FDR American Badass. So see you next week. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.